finally she gets to me and I, I hear her out. I let her complain. But after about the fifth time, she was like, you've ruined my daughter's birthday. I had a very little tolerance, like low tolerance for like people that catastrophize these situations. Right. It really bothers me. And I said, with all due respect, I don't mean this to sound, you know, disrespectful. I said, but I'm a mother of three kids and I'll be damned if anything like this is going to ruin my daughter's birthday. Right. I said, so shame on you as a mother for putting this all on us. <laughs> you are wasting 30 minutes of my time complaining to me about something that we've already given you five solutions to help you with. You're letting this ruin your daughter's birthday, not us. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. I'm Janelle. And I'm Eddie. And we're the Copelands. We are entrepreneurs, parents, business and life coaches. Lifelong learners and so much more. On this podcast, we share some of our best and worst experiences. <laughs> From raising kids to building businesses or having a career you always dreamt of, we tackle it all. And all the funny moments in between. Look, life can be a challenge and sometimes you just need the right friends to help you push through. Pushing you to the right mindset and perspective that shifts life in your favor. So if you're like us and you're always looking to grow, laugh, and dream big, this is the place for you. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward Copeland. What's up? I am so excited to be here, to be alive. You don't sound excited. You. I don't? No, you're not even saying it with a smile. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm so excited to be here. Uh, <laughs> you can hear my smile or see my smile. I am smiling ear to ear, mm. people. There are um, some people that I listen to, whether it's like a podcast or a book, and they sound like they are perpetually smiling. Like right now, you can hear that I'm smiling. No, it doesn't sound like it. It does. <laughs> I bet you the listeners think so. And so I'm just wondering if that makes a huge difference, because I tend not to smile, especially when I'm talking about something important. I know. But I'm smiling right now, and I think it sounds really lovely. And we got we got feedback that you didn't sound like you were happy. Oh, God. I'm just joking. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so anyways, we're going to dive right in because we actually did get feedback that sometimes the titles that we put out, sometimes people want to listen, but they want to get right to it. So we're kind of testing something new out. We're going to jump into this episode about the five thieves of happiness. Yeah. Um, so who are those MFers? <laughs> well, just to give context, so if you listen to last episode, we started this, this series of conversations around happiness um, based on the Yale study and... Um, we were going to take the Lori course, Santos. Lori mm -hmm. Santos and, and some of her findings. But what we wanted to do is just kind of have a conversation about some of the things that kind of surround happiness, mm -hmm. maybe even what robs you of happiness. And so um, just doing some research, we found um, that an author, John, Dr. John Izzo, wrote a book called Izzo, um, The Izzo. Five Thieves mm -hmm. of Happiness. Now, um, which is Isn't interesting. It, wait, doesn't his name remind you of the... Uh, I can't, I don't even know the name, but they just make a bunch of sounds. Is a bit a shizzle. Yeah. What do they even say in that? <laughs> I don't know. Does <laughs> it know. make you happy? That's all that matters. I mean, no, I would change that song. It's Miss Yellow yet. I know that. Right? Uh, I think so. Well, I think it's a remix, it's a sample. Oh, okay. Anyways, well, back to John Is. Um, so he wrote about. Uh, five things they all start with c mm -hmm. which is uh control wait did you name his book the five thieves of happiness i did oh sorry i was thinking <laughs> of the song <laughs> sorry John. all right stay stay with me now okay, okay. so uh, what are the five things that will steal my happiness yeah so control which we'll talk a little bit about conceit 
conveying. Coveting. Uh, coveting? Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Coveting? Mm-hmm. Um, it's spelled very different than conveying, but it's yeah, coveting. Yeah, so I was misread that. Sorry. Consumption, Consumption and, comfort. and comfort. So yeah. again, control, conceit, coveting, consumption, comfort. Right. So we want to dive into those and just see, because when we read this, I was like, oh, 100% on me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I agree with all five of those. And so this conversation keeps coming up because in conversation with employees, with just people at the gym, you know, you talk to them and it's interesting because we've done an episode previously on how when you ask someone how they are, all of a sudden we revert to like a third grade vocabulary. We (laughs) say things like good, fine, okay, Mm -hmm. but we don't have many words to describe our emotions. And so I think that's worth revisiting. too. Well, I would say this. So. We have tons of words, so Thousands it's like like them. it's like thirty five or thirty six hundred words that can can describe your emotions. Mm-hmm. But we use we use on uh, between eight to twelve, mm-hmm. right? Which is um, good, fine, okay. Yeah, which means that most people are emotionally illiterate, and so they cannot uh, speak to how they feel, which is a it's a huge deal because if you can't articulate your emotions, then you result resort to behaving. Like a toddler, because mm-hmm. that's what toddlers do. And so if you see adults, you know, having outbursts, mm-hmm. it's because they can't necessarily communicate. How I think they feel. it's more simple than that. I think we just use good, bad, okay, fine. And it's laziness because we don't know those other words and we don't really check in with ourselves very often. So you think it's lazy when you don't yeah, know? I think it's just, no, I think it's lazy when someone sees you, they ask you, how are you doing? And you're like, I'm good. Like, and, mm. but you kind of frown, I'm good. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, and then everybody knows that you're you not good. good? And you yeah. Go, and then Can I check like, well, in with you? I've been busy. I've been, so we use these words, but we are not willing to dig into what is the word that's actually making me feel like I'm overwhelmed right. or, you know, well, I and think maybe we ass- overwhelms like at the top of the scale, maybe you're not overwhelmed. You just feel busy, but there right. are other words to describe the emotions. Yeah. And I think we also don't think people actually care. Mm-hmm. And so we think it's a, a, as a, a way of greeting mm-hmm. each other uh, or a pleasantry. But um, we were watching <laughs> Sopranos. So, uh, Sopranos is, I don't know if you ever watch, if you ever watch Sopranos, if you have it, you should. Yeah. It's it's 25th uh, year anniversary since the show started. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it's an a, a old show, award-winning show. In some cases, considered one of the greatest series of all time. Uh, and so there's a scene where um, Polly Walnuts is getting pulled over by a police officer that you at the when you watch the scene you don't think they know each other, but at the but at the during the conversation you go, oh, he knows him. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's a mobster. And so the guy goes, how's the family? And mm-hmm. the Polly Walnut, the guy, the, so Polly Walnut asks the police officer, how's the family? The guy goes, oh, you know, my daughter. And he starts talking about his mm-hmm. family. He goes, and he puts his hand up. He goes, uh, I got my own fucking problems. Yeah, <laughs> so I got my stop. own shit to worry about. Like, he asks the question, but doesn't really yeah. care. And so it was, I cried, I had to pause and yeah. laugh so loud. And you literally said, I wish I could do that, like, <laughs> so, once in life. Once just, in life. I don't really care. So you ask them how they do it, and they just start pouring <laughs> their heart out to you, and you just put your hand up. He goes, uh, I already got my own problems. Yeah, he I, don't goes, need- I got my own shit. <laughs> it's just <laughs> wrap it up. Yeah, can you imagine you say that to someone? I would be and, then they, so and then in the scene, they laughed it yeah. off because they know that he was just, you know, yeah. being playful, but uh, super funny. Yeah. So let's talk about these. Um, let's start with control. Control is the number one thief mm-hmm. of your happiness. And I think that that stems from the urge. To want to control everything and it leads to constant like anxiety, dissatisfaction, because 
lots of things in life are not going to go your way. Right. And I think in your 40s, you let go of a lot of control because life has proven and given you lessons time after time that you're never going to be problem free. Right. right. And when working with our students who are trying to grow businesses or increase, you know, their wealth or income, a lot of times they're just freaking out over, you know, well, then my daughter got sick and I got a flat tire yesterday and I got and they're all really minor things. It's like, well, of course, kids are going to get sick. They're kids. We're humans. We get sick. Right. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's never going to be convenient that you chip a tooth or you know, you got a cavity, you got to go to the dentist. That's not convenient. Like that's not something you pile on to problems, right? right. Problems are like, shit, we got to file bankruptcy or right. we lost a job and we have no income. Like right. those are big things that they warrant a bit of like, okay, let's get a little bit excited about this <laughs> just because we got to figure out a plan, right? right? And get into action. But I see so many people like throwing their arms up around things that they're complaining about to me are just pretty minor things, um, but they just expect to live this life that's problem-free. Well, I think that you're right. I think that inconveniences are what they are. Right. And I think people actually make them these groundbreaking, um, life-altering issues that they really are not. But I think when you think about this idea of control, the first thing that comes to mind is like, the, the the dissatisfaction are, are the the times that people who throw like parties mm -hmm. that happen to be somewhat control freaks mm -hmm. and you watch them throughout the entire party and they're trying to control every aspect of it mm -hmm. right and i think sometimes you fall into this a little bit yeah. well i'm like you, if i'm a party planner that's but, my job but no yeah. but i think that you are it's your empathy you want everyone to yeah. be having a good time mm -hmm. And that's an element that I think you are, you know, that you can't control, mm -hmm. right? And so if someone's there and they decided to bring their unhappiness to your party, mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do with that party to make them happy. Yeah, I don't want this to be about me. No, I don't. No, I just, no, no I I'm just, I'm just relating saying, yeah. it. I, I, on the on the severity side mm -hmm. of this, like I don't think you're severe at this, but I think that there are people. <laughs> no, I, I think I think there are people that are that plan parties or plan things or have weddings or you see these crazy brides. Mm -hmm that they're trying to make sure everything is perfect and mm -hmm. the things that they're trying to make perfect are outside their control. Yeah. So when it doesn't end up being the way it needs to be, it brings a certain level of sadness mm -hmm. and, and dissatisfaction to, to not only that moment, but to life in general at, you know, in that period of time. Yeah. And I, I think get that, what that, you're saying. that thing, that's to me where I think a lot of this uh, moments of unhappiness, especially in moments where you should be filled with joy occur. Yeah. I think we're referencing two different things when it comes to control. I'm talking about letting go of things that you just simply can't control, right? Like life's going to throw you curveballs. You'll get flat tires. A parent will get sick. You will lose family and friends. Like those are things that they're outside of your control, but we all go through those. Those mm -hmm. are the things I'm talking about. I think you're talking about control freaks that literally your whole entire like you're trying to control and manage everything. And I think moms have a tendency to do that for sure. Right. Um. So, yeah, it does rob you of your happiness. Like I think during the holidays when, you know, I'm trying to have this beautiful um, meal for our whole family. Yeah, I'm annoyed that the kids are not helping. So then I have to control a workflow. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I think that in general, the thief of control, stealing your happiness, it, it's all kind of under the same umbrella. Like if you are trying to get an outcome or force a situation 
to be perfect, you yeah. know, force out the negativity to force anything. You're a control freak and you have to realize that most of the things in life I think you can't control. Yeah. You can control yourself, your emotions, your temperament, your mood, um, what you bring to the party or what you contribute. But I can't control if you had a bad day. Yeah. I can't control if, you know, someone breaks into my house. I can't control that. It's unfortunate. It's, you know, uh, something I don't want to happen, but these things happen. I mean, literally last year, someone graffitied on our house. Right. Like literally graffitied on the house. And I was like, okay, are you for real? And when I got over the initial shock, I just kind of stood there and I was like, at this point, we just have to laugh at this. Mm. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and then all the neighbors started coming out like, well, can we cover it? Who would do that in our neighborhood? And I found it really funny that they were so upset about it in our in our neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, I think people were uh, a bit thrown off by the graffiti mm -hmm. thing. And so, but, you know, it's interesting is that I, I, this is one, how the control is defined in, in the book. So he says the need to control can stem from fear of uncertainty or a lack of trust in the natural flow of events. And I think that in, in, it, he goes on to say that this mindset can lead to constant anxiety, which you mentioned as well as impossible to control at all aspects of your life. So letting go is really the only answer. Right. And so he, he references this, um, you know, in Southeast Asia, there's this kind of, you know, story or saying around, you know, what you need to do. And so basically they, they say that, you know, they're, there's a time where they, they're trying to trap these monkeys, right? And they place all these sweets around this trap. And so then they put this coconut and they put a hole in a coconut and they hollow it all out. And on the other end of the, the coconut is like a, basically a, a, a bolt that basically keeps the coconut from moving. This sounds like animal endangerment. Right. And so the monkeys will always go and eat together, eat the sweets. And then inevitably, one monkey will put his hand inside of the coconut mm -hmm. to try to get what the sweet inside of it. There's a sweet inside of the coconut. And so what happens is, is that the monkey cannot get its hand out unless mm. it lets go of the sweet. Mm. But more times than not, the monkey will not let go of the sweet. And so mm. it's constantly trying to get the sweet out with mm. his, his fist clenched, but it won't let his fist out. So it's a control free monkey. Right. And so the, 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 the lesson in it is in order for the, the, the monkey to have its freedom, it must open its hand and let go of the treat, mm -hmm. which means that it would have to leave behind what's inside of there. Mm -hmm. And so I think it just goes on to show like, like that to me is a great analogy of like what we're talking about in order to like get to a place where you can find happiness. A lot of times it's about letting go. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you're trying to control aspects of your life that are outside of your control, uh, it will lead to dissatisfaction and unhappiness. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think another thing that you can do if you're finding yourself like trying to control things and you really are like um, angry when things outside of your control happen, I think you've got to practice a higher level of acceptance mm -hmm. and just accepting the fact that things flow and happen as they should. Um, and just like reminding yourself in the heat of those moments when things are inconvenient, that it's simply inconvenient. Like it, the universe is not out to get you. And right. that's why you ran out of gas or that's why someone cut you off on the street or whatever unfavorable things happen where people complain about and want to control everything. You can't control other people being nice to you or um, and I think just 
you know, figuring out a way to practice better, a higher level of acceptance will mm-hmm. help people with control. Yeah. And I don't think, and that's the thing we, we, we've talked a little bit about that, but the acceptance piece is not resignation. It's not like you're giving in to right. things, it's right? It's not condoning it. Right. It's, but it's accepting. It is what it is. Right. And, you, and you're not trying to fight the past and mm-hmm. fight history and trying to change things that cannot be changed. Right. Well, unless you move forward and you make a new future yeah. for it. Right. You, um, brought up the party and I, thought when I planned the girls party this year yeah I wanted everybody to have a good time but we had another party for Jasmine's uh, graduation years ago and remember Fabiola had hired a, a photographer for a photo booth and they were running late and then when we called them they said they got a flat tire and I remember Fab freaking out about it was upset and I was like hey it's okay like right. all of our friends and family are here so what we don't have a photo booth like we can set something up like it's, it's okay. We'll just tell everyone to start taking photos. We had a backdrop. You know, she was like, I built this backdrop for nothing. I was like, you didn't build it for nothing. We're all going to take great pictures. And we did. And we have so many pictures from that event. Yeah. So those are the things that we're talking about. Like thing, letting go of things that are out of your control. I can't control the fact that someone got a flat tire. However, you better believe when I threw the party years later, I asked the company that I was interviewing, I said, so what does your staffing look like for this you know, photo booth company? I said, because a couple of years ago, we had an issue where someone got a flat tire on the way and we had to go the entire event without a flat tire. So what can you do to assure me that you will be at this event? And he's like, that's a really good question. No one's ever asked that. But in the event that that happens, we have another car and we have several other employees. And I was like, perfect, you're hired. Yeah. So learn it, from the mistakes or learn from these inconveniences, but I don't think you should try to control the outcome. But I hope everyone caught what you did and what you just said, because getting to a level of acceptance, like they're not going to be here. Yeah, it's okay. It moves you to kind of that hindsight thinking. Cause I think sometimes when bad things happen, your best ideas uh, come when you look back and go, Oh, well we should have did was this yeah. when this happened, because at that point you, you have no choice but to accept it cause it's already done. Right. But doing it while it's happening allows you to like say, well, you know what we can do? Mm-hmm. We can do these things and make up for it. And I think if you allow yourself to 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 engage in something that you didn't initially think was going that you wanted mm-hmm. or it goes against the expectations that you had, then you still can preserve the happiness in that yeah. moment. And I think people make a big deal out of inconveniences. And it right. just really quickly, <laughs> the very first few months of us starting the Cake Mamas, we had the chance to attend this like celebrity event. We made this like three tier cake. It was beautiful. It was gorgeous. There was going to be press there. It was a big deal for our company. Fabiola got in a car accident on the way to the event and the cake was destroyed. Mm -hmm. So she calls the lady, tells her the lady's going off on her. You're ruining my kid's first birthday, blah, blah. It was second birthday. You're ruining this event. You know, you guys owe me something. So she fabs crying and it's like a whole thing. So finally she gets to me and I, I hear her out. I let her complain. But after about the fifth time, she was like, you've ruined my daughter's birthday. I had a very little tolerance, like low tolerance for like people that catastrophize these situations. Right. It really bothers me. And I said, with all due respect, I don't mean this to sound, you know, disrespectful. I said, but I'm a mother of three kids and I'll be damned if anything like this is going to ruin my daughter's birthday. Right. I said, so shame on you as a mother for putting this all on us. <laughs> you are wasting 30 minutes of my time complaining to me about something that we've already given you five solutions to help you with. You're letting this ruin your daughter's birthday, not us. Mm. And she was like, you'll be hearing from my attorney. I was like, okay, well, 
you got bigger problems, lady. <laughs> and so we, we, you know, it just like things like that happen. 100%. We owned it. We offered solutions, but you wanted to argue you ruined your damn day, right. not us. Right. So people like that, you want to control everything you going to learn today. Yeah. So yeah. moving on to the second one, conceit. Conceit is um, like excessive focus on yourself. Self-importance like and think ego. conceited, yeah. right? So it involves like things like when you make everything about you um, and you stop focusing on other people. That could be, well, just really quick and then I'll let you dive into it. But this one hit me because in the event where things are a shit show in my life and I feel like stressed and overwhelmed and like challenged, one of the things I know I have to do in order to step away is like I, I have to find someone to help. I have to be of service. And so intuitively, I just make it about someone else. Like, how can I go focus on someone else? And so when we read this, I think, oh, my God, I intuitively know not to focus on myself in times of despair. Um, but yeah, that's all I had to say about that. Well, I think also the, the other element to it is you are so consumed with your own ego and self-image that you not put me. that. No, not me. <laughs> you not looked you. at me. No, I I'm just because we're, we're having a conversation. <laughs> I know. So I'll, I'll look in the camera. <laughs> uh, but you're so consumed and so uh, enamored by your own self-image uh, uh, and your ego that you put that above actually learning. Mm-hmm. Right. Because in order to preserve your ego, you have to find ways to run, hide and, you know, and blame other people for the things that happen in your life. Yeah. And so you're unable to step into this place of humility. And since you're unable to step into this place of humility, then you never can get to a place of vulnerability to actually learn from different situations, from different relationships, from from different things, because you're consumed with yourself. Mm-hmm. And so. I think that inability to have personal growth through your experiences definitely leads to unhappiness because then you feel like like it can move you into a place of being a victim because it's not your fault. You haven't grown. Your career hasn't moved on. Your business hasn't changed because you've been self-evolved. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden you find yourself in this isolated place that I think that um, many people that, um, you know, that are self-involved or what do they call it what's it called when you um you know you're self-centered um self-centered selfish it's not just selfish but um um, i'm sorry i can't help you right now okay but uh one of yeah people who constantly think of themselves uh, selfish yeah whatever that's not that's the (laughs) word that's the, the the word escapes me but i think that that's the thing that um that it leads to and And people are really unhappy when they get to that place. Well, I think that, you know, it's interesting because I listened to this podcast recently or maybe it was a book and they were talking about how we're in this real self-absorbed culture right now um, where selfies are debatable, right? You're taking pictures of yourself um, and that we're really we've got a heightened focus on self and personal development. And so you're doing a lot of things that require you to focus on yourself, which I think can be helpful but I think it can be harmful and conceit can rob you of your joy when you're focused too much on yourself, when you start to isolate yourself from others, right? So you'll see all these quotes where people are like, cut off the fat and trim off all of the excess, create your boundaries. Like it's almost too much about you. And then you start to isolate yourself from other people. Mm-hmm. You start to, um, you know, stop pouring into like genuine relationships or relationships that require your attention. And so there's this balance that we have to all be paying attention to, to like 
yes, you should personally develop, develop yourself, but also are you developing with others? Mm -hmm. And so I think it brings you back to community. Um, yeah. So that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> but you so know, some people might not know. Yeah. They might say, well, I'm not conceited. I don't look at myself in the mirror all the time. It's not about your looks. It's about, are you making things about you? Are you focused too much on you and your circumstances? Are you focused on how things are affecting you? And then it could spiral you down to like, everything happens to me. And then you become a victim of your circumstances. And that is definitely a, a thief of joy. Yeah. And I think that when you are, I think that when you get self-involved like that and you're trying to constantly preserve you, who you are, your self-image, then you will manipulate every relationship so that you come out as the, the better looking person. So if you're having a, like, this is the hardest thing to have self-awareness around because you don't know what the symptoms are that you are too self-involved, right? And I think that one of the things to look at is, do, does anyone ever give you feedback in, in life? Do they ever, does anyone ever tell you about yourself? And if that, the number one question, if that is a, a resounding no, then you probably are a person that is not approachable because people already know that you are only interested in your own self-interest. Mm. And I think that that is something that is a problem. Mm -hmm. Okay, moving on to number three, coveting. You want to read it? Yeah, coveting refers to envying what others have. It's mindset focused on, on comparison and the belief that other success and possessions diminishes your own value. Mm -hmm. This constant comparison can lead to perpetual dissatisfaction and prevent other uh, prevent individuals from appreciating what they have. That is like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the world we're living in right now, though, I think with social media, yeah. like you're constantly desiring what other people have and you're living in like a perpetual state of like envy almost. Right. Right. And so coveting is that it's like if you find yourself on social media too much, you find yourself comparing, you find yourself like I know several people that are like, did you see what such and such posted? Oh, my God. She acts like her marriage is so perfect. I'm like, that's coveting. Like that's like you're obsessing over someone else's stuff. And then you're probably deep down like, well, my relationship doesn't look like that. Nobody's relationship looks like that. That also spirals into you like complaining and gossiping and all of these other things. But I hope that you can see that that all of that stuff just robs you of happiness. Yeah. And I think like when I see this, I, I see this often in, in a competitive space. Right. Because mm -hmm. I think that we are competitive individuals. But I think that the competition gets to an unhealthy state. When one, you're having a secret competition against other people to your point of like, I need to have, make sure my family looks mm -hmm. really great on social media compared to this person's family, yeah. right? Uh, or when you see people win, you don't have immediate um, admiration mm -hmm. for them. You don't want to celebrate their win. And all, of you, all you can think about is what the, the edges they had, the privileges that they had, all the different things. And it really is a state of, uh, you're really in a place of coveting. Like yeah. you, you're envying that because you can't find joy in someone else's success. And that's a sad, sad place. Well, I think it's natural in some cases. Like, for example, if something comes up as a triggering and you're like upset about someone's victory, an example I've shared before, like one of our friends published a book and I was like, oh my God, he published a book. And I had to ask myself, I wasn't mad at it, but I was a bit, I could tell I was like a bit envious. 
And I was like, oh, why am I acting like this? I'm acting like this because I've wanted to publish a book for years and I haven't done it. And so as soon as I recognize like that feeling of why am I feeling like a hater a bit? I had to ask myself why, hold myself accountable, do some, you know, uh, some looking at myself. And then I realized instantly it's because I'm jealous that I didn't put in the work that he put in. And then that actually made me want to commend him and compliment him and cheer him on even more because simply he had done the work that I right. hadn't done. Right. So I hadn't prioritized it. I didn't make it something that like, hey, I'm going to ship this out into the world. Here's a deadline. He did all that. And so because I knew what was required of me and I didn't commit to that, I thought it was even better. And then I was able to give him more appreciation. But I don't think people are asking themselves when something triggers you, especially on social, when you find yourself jealous or envious, you have to ask yourself, why? Why is this bothering me? And it's not okay to say, well, because I'm waiting for my big break. Well, don't wait. Make it happen. Like You just have to take some responsibility in that. You know, I heard this this excerpt and someone said that um, they, they surveyed Americans and they said that uh, resoundingly people wanted to um, people wanted to work in an environment and make fifty thousand dollars right a mm-hmm. year, which is probably less than they want as long as they knew that everyone else made less than them. Mm. And then they said, would you rather work in an environment where you made $100,000, but you knew everyone made more than you? So everyone made more than what you made. Mm. And so the resounding um, response to that was they want to be in an environment that they made less and they knew they made more. And that tells you right there yeah. that that's, that's, a, that's a critical element, critical problem in our society. So, so moving on to uh, consumption, and I think that this one – you know, if you study Buddhism, this is the thing that I think that um, probably comes out a lot is that this attachment thing. And so this is the mindset involves overemphasizing material possessions uh, and, be- and the belief that happiness can be achieved through acquiring more. And I think that that keeps you on the hamster wheel. And, it, you know, I think that when you can't take inventory of your life and have appreciation and gratitude to what you have in your life, uh, it will move you to a place where you think that the only way you're going to capture ha- happiness is if you capture more and more and more uh, of all the treasures in life, but not understanding that at the same time, you're reducing what you already have. Mm-hmm. You're minimizing what you already have. And that may be relationships that mm-hmm. you already have. That may be just meaningful things that you're in your life that you stop, you don't stop and look at because you're constantly looking forward for more. Yeah. And that's easy to fall into. And consumption can be many different things like you're over consuming, you know, social media, you're over consuming news, you're over consuming like with material possessions or even experiences. And it leads to this like never ending cycle of just constant disappointment because you can never fill the cup. Yeah. And it just reminds me really quick of like when we're dealing with students who are really frustrated in their business, you're trying to grow your business. I always tell them like there's three things that like lead to that. You're either trying to go too fast, again, controlling the uncontrollable. You're overtraining and not resting. So you're just like you're not taking rest days. You have no days off. There's no schedules. There's no boundaries. Or you're over consuming like information. It could be on social media. It could be courses. It could be learning books, whatever. But you're not taking the time to actually implement. Mm -hmm. And so. I think con- overconsumption is very dangerous in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Um, and so 
to me, consumption really is but butts back to back with coveting, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Because if you're coveting something else, someone else's stuff, then you're in a race for on someone else's yeah. path mm-hmm. instead of your own path. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that is those two things combined is is definitely going to lead you down a passive. Of, of so avoid sadness. comparison, hundred percent, and get off social media. And then you know, on the flip side of that, comfort. Yeah. Right. Seeking too much comfort at the expense of uh, growth implies avoiding challenges and staying in one's comfort zone. And so I think everyone's really familiar with the term, get out of your comfort zone, get out of your comfort zone. But I don't think that people really understand how easy it is to fall into that that place, right? Because it's comfortable. It's comfortable. It's Mm -hmm. pleasurable. Like you you feel like there's less worries, right? Mm -hmm. Why why go into something that and create more stress in your life? But I think that people miss the fact that sometimes in these challenges is when you'll really find out who you are. Mm-hmm. It's really when you find out uh, what you're made of and and the, the qualities and the skills that you come out of you because you take on challenges. I don't think there's anything that rivals that feeling of fulfillment. Yeah. Right. I agree with you, but I think that people who tend to gravitate towards their comfort zone, it's safe. It feels good. You know, it's like I got no problems here. And so I understand why they stay there. But what you don't realize, I think when you uh, find yourself feeling like you're a bit stuck in a rut and you feel bored, it's stagnation. Mm-hmm. You're not growing. You're not developing. You're not challenging yourself. And we're designed to come alive and experience things like excitement, which could be a synonym for stress. Right. right? And so ask yourself, when was the last time I was excited about a work Anything at work? Well, probably because you're not challenged, right? Right. Well, challenge is the opposite of comfort, right? And so I think we tend to fall into the comfort zone, but we don't realize that stagnation actually is what makes you unhappy. Yeah. And I think that that's, to me, it's like the meaning. Like, I I, I would say that, you know, the comfort zone for me um, early in our marriage was something I could easily fall into, Mm -hmm. right? Because I was like, oh, we have a house. You know, you, you go to work, you feel like work is doing well, and then you just want to rest on your laurels, right? Mm-hmm. You just want to just chill. And I think play that- Play Madden all day. Play, play video games mm-hmm. and just be comfortable. Yeah. And I think that, um, y- you know, we've talked about like things happen and they, they shake you out of that and then they make you want to pursue more. And so I think there's, there's, there's a balancing act of achievement, but also understanding when it's time to rest and, yeah. and stay in the moment. And then there's a time that you go. And I think that those things are something you have to balance in your life. But I do think that there is this moment in time where I think that everybody goes through this fact of, of saying, um, you know, am I resting too much? Um, or am I, am I, sometimes we say, are we being losers if we're mm-hmm. watching TV? And sometimes yeah. you have to say, no, like, this is deliberate. I ask you that all the time when right. we're binging a show. I'm like, are we lazy losers? Tell me we're not lazy losers. And you're like, we never watch TV. This right. is fine. And we so can like binge we, an episode and then we, it's, it's part of spending time. It's like, yeah. you know, so, and we have really good discussions when we watch. It's, it's, so we're active watchers. We don't just like, you know. <laughs> we do have great discussions, but I want to know which of the five thieves tend to creep up for you the most. Um, we're looking for audience participation, I want to know, like, are you feeling after listening to this, like, yeah, I don't really challenge myself. And I think that that might be one of the bigger ones is you want to protect yourself from outside things because you're a control freak. So you stay put, you stay in this rut, 
but the stagnation is like secretly creeping in and causing all of this like you know stuff to stir in you where now the comparison comes up and now you feel like a lazy loser but you're not you know putting the words to it because you're watching other people win and you're watching other people achieve well it's because you're not willing to take any risks you're not trying to challenge yourself to do anything new or different or uncomfortable or you know anything that could lead to fun so and you can the funny thing is you can have the same conversation with someone that is extremely stressed out at work that also feels like the next moment they feel like they're not growing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a lot of times because they're not looking at the stress of life uh, or at work as an opportunity to grow and to you know learn different things about themselves. And so I think changing the way you look at it changes the way it is, right? And so if you look at that stress and say, this is a great challenge for me, I get the opportunity to learn how to, you know, manage multiple things at one time. I get the opportunity to understand and, and, and connect with people that I don't agree with or like. Whatever the case may be, when you change that, I think that it, it can change into a place where you can find really good fulfillment and learn something. And it doesn't mean you have to accept it forever. Maybe the environment you're in is not the place best yeah. place for you to work, but to get the most out of it and not for it to steal your joy and happiness, I think is is it's up to you, yeah. and it's up to the way you look at it. And you just got to reframe. I think yeah. one of the I, there was a couple years ago, I got into this thing where I I made everything that pissed me off something that started with the phrase "I get to." Mm-hmm. Today, I get to fold ten loads of laundry. How blessed are we that we have? all these clothes and we went a month (laughs) without washing clothes, right? Like if you really think about that, you can take everything that's unfavorable and you can say today I get to today. I get to change my tire and spend two hours on the side of the road calling AAA because how blessed am I that I have a vehicle and a lot of people can't afford a car or AAA. And so I think try that. That might help you Hmm. today. I get to, I get to, fill in the blank with whatever it is that you're complaining about and it could completely change the way you're looking at it. So work on bringing more happiness to yourself and let us know which one of these five thieves is coming after you because you need to start defending yourself. (laughs) Maybe you need like a gun and a safe in your house or something. This is about the uh, self-defense in your happiness. happiness. So keep keep that strong and know that you may not be able to control the initial thoughts in your mind, but you can redirect your mind to the things that you want to think about uh, it takes practice. It's, it's like any other muscle in your body. It takes mindfulness. It's focus. Focus, awareness, and mm-hmm. consciousness. And I think that you can create happiness in your life. Um, but it doesn't. happiness doesn't just fall in your lap. Yep. I think you choose happiness. So. so please do us a favor and share this episode with a friend or a family member. Share it on social. We really appreciate you listening and tuning in. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Push through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time push through